Hey, welcome to the Bill Bennett Show. Uh, we are uh, the podcast that translates Donald Trump. We have a lot to say today, a lot to talk about, a lot to listen to. Today we'll catch up with our friend Conrad Black, who's been writing up a storm uh, about uh, what's at stake here in November. Uh, no one's done it better. He is an author, columnist, and a non-affiliated member of the House of Lords. We'll also catch up with Dr. Robert Woodson Sr., Bob Woodson, my buddy, founder and president of the Woodson Center. He's been at this stuff, community stuff, a mm-hmm. long time. And that'll be part of our conversation about race in America. Claude, before we begin, uh, tell me about the event you're doing. Is it this weekend? Yeah, there's an event this weekend uh, that I'm heading up. It's called... Uh, you're Th- heading up. I'm heading it up, yes. Wow. Uh, it's in Greenbelt, Maryland, uh, probably, man, maybe 15 minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, it's a uh, Faith, Justice, and Unity Rally. Uh, and March. And so it's only a 1K march. I mean, we're not like our friend in Pemberton. <laughs> Who does multiple miles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just going to walk out there. Um, just a couple things about this. I mean, number one, it's about uh, justice. It's about unity. It's about stopping the violence in our communities. It's about coming together uh, for um, anyone that has faced any type of you know, uh, injustice and violence at the hands of anyone, whether it's a police officer, whether it's someone in your own community. It's all about saying, listen, <laughs> we can fight all day about, you know, um, who the bad guy is and that, but that's, that, that doesn't lead us into any kind of progress. You know, what we want to do is to make sure that we're all responsible. We're all accountable. We're all together. Um, you know, uh, as, as one, there was a young man, uh, 11 years old, you know, kid in Washington, DC, Southeast Washington, um, who was shot over the 4th of July weekend. There's three suspects in custody now, all young black men. Um, and he died for no reason at the hands of these these young men. And, you know, we, we, we can protest injustice. We can protest uh, uh, police, and that's fine. But we also have to stand up and say all of this is uh, unacceptable uh, to, to all of us, and we, and we care. And it just reminds me of something that we said a while back uh, uh, on the podcast, uh, Dr. Bennett, where we just said, you know, there's no shortage of people who care. Um, but the progress seems to, um, to to be outpaced by the problem. And you said, you know, well, there's, there needs to be more people who care outside of just what they say, but roll up their sleeves. And so we're calling on the community to roll up your sleeves. Let's do something about the problem, you know. And so the, the rally and the march is just one part, or at least the first part, of trying to galvanize people who care, who are tired of it, who want to roll up their sleeves, and come against all violence in uh, the black community, in the white community, in any community. Is just it, want to fight against it. Just some threshold questions because the times in which we live, I'm not skeptical at all. But I got to ask this for race only. Is this only for black people? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. No, 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 no. Anyone can come, and we've been okay. clear. We want any and everyone to come. We want folks who are just tired of the narrative. Uh, and, and what's interesting, too, and we've been very vocal about this, is as we started to get this together, the green, the city of Greenbelt, their police station and their police chief has been so helpful. I mean, he was the first person we contacted. Good. He was the first one who said, I've got the exact route for you guys. We'll make, here's the best day to do it. Here's the best time to do it. We'll Good. make sure we have forces there. We've got the mayor of Greenbelt coming out. We've got the head of Parkinson and Recreation coming out. We've got Greenbelt Voices United, uh, which is an, a churches. We've got a few churches coming out. We've got a few okay. churches coming out as well. Uh, and so I'm excited about the fact that you know, I think sometimes you, you, you use the rallies and the march because it brings people out. But I just know that in the crowd, there's, there's going to be people who are um, interested in rolling up their sleeves and saying, hey, pass the marches, pass the headlines, pass the press. Okay. We want to roll up our sleeves and get involved and do some stuff about this. And I hope the, the true nature of the problem, I mean, I, I don't mean to pick on this. You say we talk about the police, talk about other people. But the proportion of, you know, of, 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 of black death, innocent black death at the hands of police is tiny mm-hmm. compared to the number of innocent black deaths at the hands of other black people. Right. And that's why I we've mean, been careful to mention the, the, the name of the, uh, uh, the 11-year-old. Uh, yeah, that right. Uh, Not a victim of police violence. Yeah, right. uh, Devon, uh, yeah, Devon McNeil. Devon um, McNeil. was his name. 11 years old, shot... Uh, in, in the streets in Southeast D.C., uh, not by police, but by by by. Uh, in, well, in custody right now, they have three black men, three young black men. Um, he was the victim of, um, you know, just crossfire, being caught in a crossfire out in the streets the Fourth of July weekend. Um, and so we've been careful to mention his name. This is about this as well. You know, it's about all of it altogether. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. Because we have to have this proportionality in it, and we have to have this, uh, you know, truth telling about about this. You know, Attorney General Barr said, 
black lives matter, all lives matter, black homicides matter, mm-hmm. and most of them occur at the hands of other black people. And I, yeah, the point here is not to pick on black people. The point here is to tell the truth, and the point here is to show up what Bob Woodson's going to talk to us about, the degree of, of responsibility that has to be shown by the community. Right. Police have to show responsibility, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their job to do that. They're hired to do that. But the community has to take responsibility as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you're doing with this. So I, I salute you. Good for you. I think sometimes, you know, you think about a family, and every now and again your family has to have a family meeting. And not everyone's invited to the family meeting. Sometimes, it's, you know, you, you've got to bring the family in, and this is a family meeting of sorts. Well, yeah, we'll talk about some of the external things, but we've got to make sure, and you talked about this, that we, we have to deal with the internal as well. Absolutely. So, but, but we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can do both. You're so literally going to be walking and chewing gum. <laughs> or walking and sipping cold drinks. <laughs> We will literally be walking into and coming at the same time. Yeah, it is a march. Well, yeah, no, so you're right. And it's, a, and it's only right. one case. You get energy for gum. Yeah, no, absolutely. Excellent. Good for you. Good for yeah. you, Claude. And that continues this conversation that we're having. Right, um, right. And uh, you're gonna. I'm just gonna ask you. Going to require social distancing? <laughs> well, every, well, everyone will have to wear a mask. Okay, you should wear a mask. You're, you're asking everyone. Correct. Wear a mask. Yes. All right, good, yes. good, good enough. All right, let me talk about a couple of things. Um, good for you. And uh, folks, let us know if you go and what you think and say hi to Claude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll You'll be, be wearing an identifiable red hat or something? Yeah, or? I'll, wear, I'll wear my red and black University of Maryland hat. I'll be on the, I mean, I'll be on the stage saying a few words. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, please record those. I'll introduce the mayor, yeah. Would absolutely. you record those? Sure, sure. We'd sure. like to hear them next time. Absolutely. You got it. So I just want to take up the uh, school thing because there's been so much uh, groaning about this and hand-wringing. Kids should go back to school, mm-hmm. and almost everybody thinks so. Uh, right. Liberals, uh, conservatives, uh, white people, black people. I mean, uh, I was on uh, Fox uh, last night, and other panelists said, I will pay more money myself if someone will take my kid into school. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a degree of frustration. Sure. But the schools are saying, well, we're not so sure. We have to be sure it's safe. So it's safe. It's safe. These kids don't carry this disease. They don't transmit it. They don't get it. They don't die from it. We have, get this, uh, since since this whole thing began, 14 deaths of young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a kid, children under 21. Uh, since the start, and almost all of them with underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. We've had, at the same time, 46 deaths from the flu, the same population. Last year, 186 deaths from the flu. Do we close down the schools? No. No, I mean, life has a certain degree of risk, but the risk here is minimal. A mm-hmm. uh, study that was done uh, by uh, Brown showed that daycare centers, and you know what a daycare center is. Daycare sure. centers, in other words, for a germ factor. All kinds of germs. <laughs> Every kid gets sick, you know. Uh extremely low incidence mm-hmm. uh, of COVID. So let's get back. Let's get back to work. And if, if they don't, I, I'm telling you, um, it'll, it'll, uh, the people will be really mad and they will really, you're going to see a jump in homeschooling. Yeah. And this, they, there have been a lot of daycare centers that have been open for essential workers during this time, and you haven't seen any cases for the most part of COVID-19 no, no, you hitting those daycare centers. And then number two, I mean, since what, March? And I mean, there's it? no controlling those kids in the daycare center. You came from killing each other or falling <laughs> off the you know the the, the, the chair yeah but they're all over the place no, oh, absolutely and since march schools have been closed down and we knowing what we know now there are ways to go about reopening schools in the fall that doesn't have to reflect pre-covid it can you That's can right. include you know sanitation sure, uh, sure. Uh, instruments in the classrooms and masks sure. and things like this things you can do now Sure. As opposed to just saying, oh, well, we can't go back because we can't go pre-COVID. Well, we can do some things now that now that we know what we're dealing with and, and, and proper precautions to take. I want to deal with the higher education part of this, like the Ivy League shutting down all the sports. And I Harvard. thought about you. <laughs> Harvard, I'm glad my boys are gone. They both played big-time sports at Princeton, both mm-hmm. my sons. But, uh, yeah, I would have gotten crazy. But uh, Harvard, of course, closed for the year in mm-hmm. person. I want to talk about that. We'll do that next time. we got right. to have a special guest. On Did you hear about, about the Big Ten? No. Only conference games this year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, that makes it a harder schedule in some ways, doesn't it? For some of them, yes. For Be- teams that schedule cupcakes. <laughs> because, I mean, most of the – well, not all of them, but most of really. So what does the schedule go to from, like, 12 games to 8 or something? Maybe something like – yeah, maybe 8 or 10, something like that. Wow. Yeah, that's so for the Big Ten. Just for the Big Ten. Well, what's Pac-10 going to do? Pac-12 going to do? 
I don't know yet. What do they call it, Pac-10 or Pac-12? Uh, Pac, well, they're the Pac, it's the Pac-10, but they have 12 teams. Yeah. I think they still and call it the Big the 12, but they have 10 teams Correct. or something. I can whatever that. <laughs> right. We'll see what they're going to do. SEC, they're going to play. Haven't made a call yet. Very interesting. Does that affect their schedule in terms of when it starts? Because were there, were there cupcake games earlier? Yeah. Yeah, right, for the most so part. it gives them a little more time, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that does matter to me. I haven't gotten my Phil Steele magazine. Yeah, so. I'll have to email those guys and say, hey, where is it? Where's the where's the, the guy's mag? All right, so we'll talk about the higher education aspect of this. Just one other thing. Uh, since COVID hit the world, 24 countries have either kept their schools open or reopened them with almost no incidence and increase in COVID among the, pop- the school population. International. So there you go. I mean, there you go. What else more do you need? Besides, uh, people going crazy again, uh, and I understand 60,000 cases yesterday, record number, but this is mostly due to more testing. Mm-hmm. And the people who are getting it tend to be younger. Survival rate is much higher than for people who are over, over 70. People are saying, Florida is now rivaling New York. Well, the incidence of the disease is rivaling New York, but not the incidence of death. Right. So you'd say Florida is the new New York. Well, I think there were 33,000 deaths in New York from COVID. And that right now in Florida, I think it's 4,000. Mm. So, you know, it's a diff- it's, it's apples and oranges. I mean, it's apples and apples. But you can't just, if you will, cite the, you know, the, the peel of the apple. you got to go to the core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a uh, very different experience. Um, Mayor de Blasio, I, I know what the hell he's doing. I mean, it's just Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> he and Al Sharpton painting Black Lives Matter on the street in front of the Trump Tower just to yeah, take out the president. That's kind of pathetic. But the, but the more serious thing is no parades. New York is the parade city, canceling all the parades, unless it's Black Lives Matter or it's protest. Right. Uh, because that transcends the health issue. I didn't know anything transcended the health issue in New mm-hmm. York. I thought that. Seemed to go well, at first, moment. nothing did. Yeah, but, but now. But now this yeah. has. I mean, th- this is just madness. And I hope people will speak up. More important, I hope liberals will speak up on this. Uh, we have to just uh, we have to just put this put this thing in perspective. Um, all right. The um, other things we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the election stuff with uh, Conrad Black, and that's very very important. And then we will be continuing our discussion uh, on uh, a conversation on race in America with Bob Woodson. And uh, these are both going to be good sessions. And we want you want you to listen. Want you to tune in. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. Show. Joining us now, Conrad Black, author, columnist, media contributor. Conrad, welcome back to the show. Yes, sir. You're an even greater and more flamboyant TV star than usual. Oh, well, yeah, well, I'm more present, that's all. It just, yeah. yeah. You know, in your your white suit, you looked like uh, Hitler visiting Napoleon's tomb without his mustache. There was no no white suit, white shirt. Yeah, I thought thought you were in a white suit on Fox uh, last night, weren't you? No, no. Did you mistake me for, what, uh, Jason Bourne? Tom Welch wouldn't do that. All right. All right, all right, very good, very good. No, no. Anyway, I thought it was. I thought it was. uh, Look, you're always very good on this thing. We 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 got to keep our spirits up here. Even I am getting dismayed about the sluggish polls. You know. I know. I know. I want to get into that. Listen up. Return the compliment and 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 make it a better one. Uh, The more serious things get, and the more imminent, uh, important uh, events uh, become the stronger your writing is really uh, your stuff has been uh, has been great so i read three or four of your pieces and then woke up this morning to a new one well, i'm going to read this and so give me a minute and then we're going to unpack it you're going to unpack it with less than four months before the election this is the campaign a constant media carpet bombing of defamatory lies about the president on behalf of a comatose candidate that's joe biden Propagation of unfounded hysteria over a fading pandemic, self-induced and redundant economic depression, open borders to admit and give free medical care to the unskilled peasantry of the world, and national self-abasement for militant African Americans demanding minority rule and the renunciation and degradation of those who founded the United States and led it to a pinnacle of influence in the world, unequaled in all history. And this ludicrous, almost unimaginable mockery of a quest for the world's highest office is, in the perversity of these times, 
apparently leading in the polls. It is impossible, and it will blow up. Let's go to the last sentence first. You think it will blow up. You believe it? I, I know you hope it, but do you believe it? Uh, yes, and I, I, I believe it because it is so preposterous. It is a preposterous campaign based entirely upon lies. Uh, and and uh, that's not to say there's no criticism to be legitimately made of this president. Of course there is, but that that's that's not the criticism they're making or the campaign they're running. And uh, and it is a campaign being conducted not as such a campaign would have to be to be successful, in my opinion, with a sophisticated electorate on behalf of a of a skillful, cunning, tactically astute, and highly presentable candidate. It is. It is a campaign being conducted practically in the absence of a candidate, and the official candidate to be confirmed is someone in whom the polls indicate a distinct lack of confidence. And and I, I believe it will blow up. I don't think it can limp through the rigors of an American presidential campaign because it is such an outrage. At some point, a significant number of those who have taken against Trump because of the smear job against him and because it must be admitted of the foibles of his personality that can irritate even his supporters at times, including me uh, as a public person. I don't find him that way personally. But uh, at, at some point, people have to come to their senses and realize what the election of this, as I've described it, unholy alliance of, of a degraded and cynical, uh, uh, threadbare democratic vestige of earlier times with a pestilence that they are misrepresenting and, and making a cause of unnecessary hysteria and a radical urban terrorist movement that they're trying to present as a respectable engine for reform and, and against racism has to, it, it won't fly. It's, it just won't happen. Let me, let me Not in the United States. It might happen, and I don't want to be unkind here, but in Paraguay or Sierra Leone or something, but not in the United States. What about the fake, the head fake here? Uh, yesterday, uh, I was surprised by two things Biden did. Uh, one, he uh, said, you know, buy American and make things in America, uh, stealing mm -hmm. not here from Neil Kinnock in this case, but from Donald Trump. Yeah, well, but, yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, he was saying it in Scranton, wasn't he, where right. he was born? I mean, Right, but more important, this quote unity document, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, and uh, well, I said somewhere yesterday to somebody in some, uh, you know, in writing that uh, that will be published somewhere that, that, that this was uh, this was uh, Lenin and Stalin and the new economic policy. I mean, it's just a you know, it's a manifesto for that takes the country well to the left of where it is ever of where any uh, even municipal. Uh, jurisdiction of the United States has gone. I don't. I'm not sure. I agree. I think it, I was surprised at how centrist it was. How it did not talk about the Green New Deal. How it did not talk no, about, about it. universal health care, Medicare. Uh, it did not care about uh, talk about free college tuition for everyone. I mean, a lot of the things I, is is it in there? I didn't read it all. But is is the uh, free health care for all undocumented aliens still in there? Is that is that was that part of it? Uh, yeah, I, I believe that is. Uh, I don't think we have a big problem with the DACA thing, but but. Uh, but you it, thought it was it, a left wing document. It, it was, yeah, but it had some other flourishes in it, Bill, that took it far left. I mean, you you highlight the omissions, which which I guess they should be commended for, but um, but but it's it still is, and and Bernie Sanders himself said it was farther to the left than the country's been. He said it also returns. I was just thinking of it when you said going into this discussion we're having now that it was you know he'll be the most progressive president since since fdr of course fdr yeah yeah but this is all part of the yeah. of the leftist campaign which okay. conservatives have been stupid enough to cooperate okay. with uh, to pretend that roosevelt was a leftist right. i mean even though as we've discussed before he as he said himself he wanted to make america safe for people who lived in 40 room houses on thousand acre estates like he did yeah. Well, but but can they pull it off? It seemed to me that they kind of pulled it off yesterday uh, in that, uh, you know, there wasn't a roar from the left. I didn't hear people from the left. Maybe they were taking their signals from Bernie 
uh, that you know that this was a, a, a great document. I I thought well, Biden would have a lot more trouble going toward the center, even at all, such as the omission of the things I was mentioning, and that there would be howls. But apparently, they'll go silent on this, at least till November, or maybe they will. That's question one to you. And second, if they do, will the American people see through it? Well, I, I, I confess you have put it in terms that I hadn't, that's been, uh, at least uh, from a perspective that I hadn't appreciated, but so I'll, I'd better, I'd better read it carefully myself, but I, I let me put at least the outline of a, of a response. Uh, I noted Britt Hume last night, your Fox colleague and a, and a yep. level-headed, well-respected commentator, um, uh, uh, said that he thought that had gone so far left that it indicated that Biden w- was supremely confident of winning and that he didn't have to move to the center at all. And he didn't move to the center. And, and, and he he, uh, he just concentrated on shoring everything up with Sanders and, and, the, and the left and, you know, Ocasio-Cortez and the rest of them. And, and that's what he was doing. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't at all an attempt to masquerade as a as a wolf in sheep's clothing, ideologically speaking. Uh, it, it was a kind of full frontal of this is what you're going to get. Now, I, it may be, I, I mean, his take on it was quite different to yours. Yeah. My own was that he was going a bit far. I don't think the Democrats are that confident. They they profess they dislike the incumbent in a way that's unusual and probably. You have trouble finding a precedent for the level of the dislike, and they are to some extent contemptuous of him. Some of that's an affectation, but some of it is their actual opinion. But uh, but I, I I think they understand that this election is not over, and um, and uh, so I know. And I thought that the core of higher taxes. Uh, they they do they are they do want to rejoin the. Paris Agreement, so so there's a fair bit of a green terror there. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I you know I thought I thought it was, I thought there's enough there for for the Republicans for the president to to run against, and I think it's well to the left of where the majority are. All right, let's now, agree I, to look, this. I, you as a former Secretary of Education would know a great deal better than I would, but uh, these polls showing the, the youth, the young people, the young voters, uh, I guess 18 to 30 or something like that, uh, have moved way out to the left. Now, I, I, often, of course, that section of the electorate is somewhat to the left, but is, is it a real type of to the left? And, I mean, I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, I think it is more than before. Whether they go and vote is another question. Um, but let's let's agree to this. Let's you and I and Brit you read it all. I I will confess yeah. I haven't read it all. I have read it carefully, but I think the truth is probably somewhere between between us. I think it's a more moderate document than I expected. Probably still uh, leaning to the left, but let's see what happens. And uh, surely, whether Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is present in this document or not, she will be present at the inauguration uh, and have influence. Uh, as will Beto O'Rourke uh, and uh, and other people in the Black Lives Matter. You mean, wait, I think she'll be heard from before then. Well, well let's see. I mean, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. But but look, um, you know, you see what what our side is doing is still quoting Elon Omar and uh, Presley and the others. Um, but yes. at, at the moment, harder to, at the moment, give me this much harder to quote that document uh, as as the as the clear indictment. But but let's wait and see. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree. Okay. I, I was okay. I was hoping something that you gave us the full money so we could really use it to frighten the country into eating their breakfast cereal. Yeah. And I thought there would be more resistance right away to him uh, moving uh, to the center, you know, even if it's not a centrist document, moving in that direction, as Bernie, you know, would, did on the stage all through those debates. But let's, let's not get tied up on that because we know what they mean to do. We certainly know what they need yeah, to yeah. do and what and, and what they yeah. intend to do. And, you know, is it salvageable and, and, and for the president? You're right. The, the challenge is making sure the country realizes that. How does the president and the president's men do this? What's the president doing right? What's the president doing wrong? What should the campaign be doing more of, less of? Look, I, I, I'll give you my answer, but I do so with a sort of a forewarning that I, I, I'm – I am hesitant to tell people who've won elections against heavy odds yeah, yeah, yeah. and the surprise of the whole world how to run an election. But um, 
the whole world except myself. At least I thought he would win, but not, you know, I wasn't the general view. But the counsel, it seems to me, if he he now (laughs) spends a little time just focusing on the issue, saying this is what we're doing, this uh, this is really what's happening. Uh, Now, I'm I'm assuming that the COVID story comes out fairly well here, that the fatalities stay down and uh, that the spikes you know, level off so that the ability to fan the hysteria that we're all facing the black plague again is not successful. But as it just calmly state the, the, the facts, the honest facts, unexaggerated in a calm way and without imputation of terrible motives to the others and not be in the country face every day for July and August when they're trying to holiday if I can and uh, but just but stick to the facts and build the story uh, in a very responsible way so people aren't thinking I wish Trump would shut up I wish it was just, uh, not always about him I wish he'd be less clangorous you know and then, and then be ready with it with an absolute uh, uh, unheard of campaign in social media and where you can get your your word out and they advertise I think they're advertising very effective and don't insult Biden personally let the people realize in the debates that this guy, whatever his merits, however nice he be to meet as politicians usually are, otherwise that you know should take up dry cleaning or something. Uh, that he's not up to it physically or intellectually, and 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 Trump has the issues. He can win the debate and he can win the advertising campaign. And I believe the economic numbers will continue to come in well unless unless the COVID numbers either go to pieces or the Democrats. Again, terrorize the country, but I, I, the country wants to go back to work. They don't want to be terrorized, and and there there are credibility problems with those who terrorize them the first time. The, um, yeah, I think Fauci, by the way, Anthony Fauci, and a lot of the other docs are one step away from saying shut it down again, and that has to be resisted. I, I think I think Fauci's disgraced himself. I, I, I think he's a turncoat. I think uh, look, he, I don't doubt he's a competent scientist. He's very fluent. Artistic. Man, and I, you know, I have nothing. Uh, but I think on this issue, he, he's he's committed to the uh, to the disaster scenario. You know, he's like this is his, you know, his not fifteen minutes, but substantial period of world fame, and and he's he's a sort of Doctor Death figure. And uh, I, you know, he wasn't right the first time. And right. his explanation of what he was doing, we all give him a pass as he went to the president's man. But I, I think what he's doing now, I question the ethics of it. Yeah, no, I know. I keep reminding people, the end of February, the very last day of February, which was a 29 this year, uh, he said there's no reason for people to change or alter their behavior in any way. And that was, and that was late. According to the critics, yeah, that was late. That was, that was a month after after Trump shut yeah. down the travel from China. That's exactly that's exactly right. But here, part of the problem here is, as you said in another essay, is the media is just you know, entirely you know <laughs> an adjunct wing of the of the Democratic effort. They take taken the, over the, the campaign. The they are the enemy. Biden yeah. is hiding in his basement. The entire campaign is being run by all the networks except Fox. I, I mean, as I put in one of the columns, my wife and I sat down and watched Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo for 10 minutes. And we almost, you know, I, at the end, I said, pass the sick bag. I can't take it anymore. Uh, it was supposedly a newscast. It was Lemon explaining why Trump is a racist, which he isn't. I mean, you know, Trump, he's a, sure, he's no. a strange cat. but It's not a racist. No, right. No, he did. He likes and dislikes people of all varieties. I mean, yeah. they just, you know, based on what they do, partly based but, you know, on what they say. To be honest, I don't think a person's pigmentation, religion, uh, or, or, I mean, as long as they weren't sociopathic or, or insane, I, any such distinction, uh, you know, whether they were handicapped or what their sexual orientation or anything. I don't think he would think about it. I don't think he cares. He doesn't, he really I absolutely doesn't care. don't think he cares. He's in New York. He did business with everybody, you know? And, uh, exactly. And uh, anyway, but 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 okay. So the media, so the media is on board. Um, you know, I agree with you. I just want to come back to one thing you said. He should get off the business about Sleepy Joe and the mind, the cognitive abilities, because the se- series of the people to figure out. Well, series of clips that they're running showing Biden in his most embarrassing moments lowers the bar for Biden. So when he performs, yeah, yeah, you, you, that is always a danger. If he, I mean, he, you've got to see him that he will, he will be really prepared for the debates and concentrate on just not 
screwing it up. And 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 we have no. Look, the fact is, I thought he lost the debate to Sarah Palin twelve years ago. And, and Sarah Palin yeah. is not William F. Buckley as a debater, yeah. but uh, but yeah. but he was respectable, yeah. and I thought he won against Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan was uh, you know knowledgeable yeah. in taxes anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but uh, uh, but you know I was eight years ago. But the I mean lots of guys Biden's age are are perfectly coherent. You know I mean he he there's no reason for him to be so embarrassing. So don't let's not bet the ranch on that. Let me uh, let me tell you what I said yesterday. Uh, Maybe in my white suit, maybe not. I don't. I don't remember. But I said, <laughs> "Look, the, the, yeah, yeah. Well, you say I'm Look, it's, 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 you know, you're not. What are you? You must be seventy-five. You know, it may be taking old. Seven, you got to watch it. Yeah. Well, I'm. You know, I'm with Bob Gates. I'm not the man I used to be. I'm seventy-six, approaching seventy-seven. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm pretty sure is I don't have a white suit. A B. My wife wouldn't let me out without it because the last time I was in one, she said you look like a good humor man. Uh, <laughs> now that was fifty pounds ago. I'll give myself some credit. I thought I had credit. a better, more historic analogy. <laughs> anyway, have you ever seen those pictures of of Hitler? He actually had a white raincoat on. Yeah, oh, I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quite striking. I don't like this conversation. <laughs> We're moving on. All right. Anyway, uh, but I said so. I said, look, the, the Supreme Court decisions aren't going to affect anything what's going to affect this election one the economy two the effects of covid and i i i think i agree with you if the death rate starts going up again it's a real problem for for trump yeah that'll be a problem and i said third i think you know that could be an issue is this issue you call it the terror rising terrorism of our cities but the whole question of civil order and are we going to have it or not we can have the first condition of a civilized society guaranteed throughout the country or or some place is going to be uh, Hobbesian states, states of nature. And I said in the fourth I thing. Thought, I, 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 somebody, and I, 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 it wasn't clear to me who was on one of the uh, uh, one of the people who was quoted by one of the Fox hosts last night. Uh, but I think not the segment you were on. Uh, said that the, 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 some Republican spokesperson had said um, they they want to close the schools and open the borders and we want to open the schools and close the borders other than to legitimate traffic. And, um, and I, something like that is a good line. It's catchy. It's simple. It's accurate. And, and, and 75% of the people want the schools open. And, uh, and, uh, the, the argument, no matter what happens on the overall numbers, the argument that the children don't get this ailment and they don't even transmit it when they do get it and they have no symptoms when they get it, uh, that's a strong argument. People want the schools open. You know, they don't want their children uneducated or trying to keep up on the internet and, and, and at home underfoot all the time, especially if it's a home where the parents are parent, if it's a single parent, Going to work when when you can, and and uh, and the the the, uh, the open the borders argument is a very strong one for Trump as long as he does it in a way that doesn't imply that he thinks everyone coming across is a bad person and, and he, he wouldn't he would he's too smart to do that now and uh, you know I I stick to the good arguments and I agree I would stop insulting Biden personally other than uh, I, I think it's fair enough to go back to, to the arrangements in Ukraine and so forth I, I think he can cast dispersions on his economic integrity all right but but if you start picking on him as a as a guy who's losing at losing his fastball and all that uh, there are a lot of elderly people who don't like that yeah no that's right and you need In, to, incidentally you know. may i ask you this you and i are both uh, roman catholics i thought that um uh, well it wasn't conducted as a political matter i, I thought that considerable segment of the American population that is Roman Catholic and, and, and well, not necessarily fervent and certainly not bigoted, do take their religion seriously, would would be impressed by the fact that the party in this election that's upholding things like uh, religious institutions, Catholic institutions, not having to pay for the birth control expenses of uh, contraceptive of expenses and abortion yeah. expenses yeah. Of, of, of its employees or students, that 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 could I don't think it's the sort of thing you want to focus on in the campaign because that really is divisive and irresponsible. But I, I thought it might actually be an undercurrent that moves a significant number of votes. But do you think I'm dreaming? Uh, I, you know, I, I, before I answer that, let me tell you something that's going on. I don't know if you've seen it. My guess is you haven't. But 
uh, there is a movement among some Catholics who are Trump supporters to suggest to the president, are you sitting down, that he consider a conversion to Roman Catholicism uh, in, the, in this, uh, this That's summer. an insane idea. Oh, okay. I, don't mean, I don't mean the conversion is, but it's a political thing. It's an insane well, political suggestion. Let me, let me just tell you the, the, what, what struck me about it. Two things. One, he could say, I'm not going to do it because, you know, it looks like political opportunism and such decisions are matters of interiority and, uh, you know, it has to be yes. done in conscience. But, but I'll tell you one thing he could say. I appreciate the offer. Uh, one, Melania is Roman Catholic, says the rosary every night, yes. apparently. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, I am, uh, too, uh, I am already more Catholic than Joe Biden. Uh, little, oh, yeah. sis- little Sisters of the Poor, pro-life, school choice, etc. But the third thing, and this was in the document I was sent, and I was reminded, and I know a little bit about this, is they said the guy to compare Trump to is, you'll like this, is not Andrew Jackson. The guy to compare Trump to is Constantine the Great, uh, fourth century, who was not a Christian and Catholic, but did more for Catholic and Christian causes than anybody. And then, he, of course, on his deathbed, yeah, he, he, he saw the cross in the sky. He and did so, see. I mean, uh, the, well, we, maybe he could see the cross in the sky in August. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I see it frequently. But I'll, no, send, I, I'll like, put one I, up I, there. I, okay, I don't. I, I think it might offend non-Catholics, and, and it might not convince I Catholics. Know. I mean, no. it would look like an opportunistic move. The president wants to change religion. I can identify with that. I, I'm convert, but that was 40 years ago. Know, but uh, a little more than that. But but the that in itself is up to him. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get into that sort of thing. Uh, on a, on a, in the middle of an election campaign. About the internal argument. I mean, it could, actually, you suggested it, and then I just spread it out a little more, which is it, to say it's been suggested to me, no, I can't do that because that's not not the kind of thing you do for, you know, to get reelected. However, when it comes to the issues and tick them off, I am more, uh, much closer to Catholic doctrine than Joe Biden is. Look, Joe Biden, I, I have never forgiven him for what he did to my late friend, Bob Bork, who was a great man. Absolutely. And what he did to him was just a disgrace. You can disagree about abortion. I have no problem with that. Uh, but, I, I mean, I don't I don't agree with Biden's position. But, I, you know, I, on that issue, there's room for a com- complete range of reasonable opinions. But the, uh, the accusations he leveled against him, while still masquerading as a pious communicant of our church uh, was just absolutely scandalous and uh, his version of Roman Catholicism is if you recall not one than the late Admiral Cardinal O'Connor Archbishop of New York accepted as being anything other than heresy that's right that's right but I I just want to come back to my Constantine thing because I I do think this is uh, this is is interesting if you talk to Ralph Reed you know who Ralph Reed is maybe you know Ralph yes I do Uh, I don't know him but I know who he is he, he just goes on for two hours about how this Constantine this this Trump has done more for his issues the issues of his faith and family supporters than any president in history by far uh, and uh, he is the greatest defender uh, of their values, their principles, their teachings that uh, they have ever seen. Uh, well, uh, the fact is, I not, I, I not believe that to be true. Uh, I mean, and for most of America's history, I don't think there was much controversy over the legitimacy of Christianity. Uh, but uh, in practical terms, I mean, I... I, I, I Look, I want to be careful here. You know, I'm, a, as I imagine, you are a believer in the personal nature of religion, and I'm suspicious of zealots in almost every field. But um, there has been a, a shocking amount of hypocrisy and humbug here. Uh, it is obvious to me that Obama, for example, and this is a perfect right. I mean, I, I accept the absolute liberty of, of a total range of religious views, including atheism, which I was myself at one time. So I understand these things, but the but but Obama, when he said in Pennsylvania, these people are just you know essentially losers, uh, putting their faith in guns and religion. Uh, and there's a guy who sat for twenty years in the Church of Jeremiah, right, and you know brought his children to that church and so forth. And I, I, I mean, I, it's incomprehensible to me that that guy would have religious views uh, that could be reconcilable with Christianity as any reasonable Protestant 
member of the Orthodox Christian churches or Roman Catholic would define it. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He can have whatever views he wants, but he shouldn't be masquerading as a Christian. And I, I think that the Biden school of Roman Catholicism is simply outright heresy. Now, again, he has a perfect right to it. And I, and the, I guess he still takes the sacraments and they serve them to him, but, but, but it's a fraud. He, he's, he's trying to suck and blow at the same time. No, I agree. Let me, let me just finish this thought because we have about 10 minutes left, but I, I just want to put this to you. So I, so I mentioned the economy, the COVID. The third thing I mentioned was terrorism in the streets, civil order condition of any yes. society and the fourth thing i mentioned but the fourth I mean, thing is funding the police and all that yeah yeah, yeah. but the fourth thing i said i think what's driving this and i agree with you about focusing on the issues but i think what's driving uh the numbers for biden uh is trump and it's the personality of trump and i talked about yeah, the deep i think he, he still got the rest of the summer to labor day to be a quiet, calm, and statesman. But can he, he be? It. He did but, it at Mount but, Rushmore. But can he be? He was at Mount Rushmore. He was in Warsaw, which I think those are his two best speeches. You agree with me on that? I think you said this I, one I do, was his yeah. best. Yeah, anyway, I think those were his two best speeches. But but yeah. can he be throughout the summer? Because the enthusiasm for Trump among Trump people is much greater than that for Biden. But why are you going to the polls? I mean, what, 70% of Democrats say their main reason is to is to vote Trump out. That's their main reason. Well, you get that sometimes, I guess. But um, uh, look, I, 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 I think... Probably something close to that in 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 nineteen forty, where it was the Republican reason to vote against Roosevelt. It was just you know there weren't enough Republicans for them to win. But you know, mean and on the other side, the Roosevelt supporters were very numerous and very fervent. But um, uh, beyond that, a comparison between FDR and Trump is very tenuous. But the the um, uh, yeah, I, I look the way. And I don't want to be glib here, but I think the way to combat that is not to be repetitive, but try and play it. Uh, you know, go you know, go high here. Take the high road. Stick to the facts, and don't yeah. try and be in the face of the country every day the way the he has been. And avoid slagging off Biden personally, and uh, and avoid sideshows. I personally didn't think it was such a bad thing to take a shot at Baba Wallace because he was he was involved in that scam. Yeah. But I just don't think the president should get into that sort of stuff. But but. Um, but if he if he just does that, keeps the heavy ads he's got, and and sticks to emphasis on on useful facts as they come up, uh, or as he can legitimately raise them, and start to prepare the campaign as as you say that that you know the Democrats have played footsie with with Black Lives Matter, and it is basically a terrorist organization. And uh, now Barr says he's investigating all these people and people be helpful if they'd indict a bunch of them before the election. And uh, while we're at it, I, I, you hear mixed rumors now about the Durham thing. If they don't bring any indictments down uh, by election day, it'll be very disappointing. Right. But but they should do. And they, well, I assume from what the attorney general said, uh, Biden will not be charged. Uh, he will be in that category that the, the AG has mentioned of it being put, you know, explained to the voters, this happened. It's up to you to decide whether you approve of it. I mean, he was there at that January meeting and they said a lot of things they shouldn't have said. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, we shall see. And that's uh, our hopes are the same for the president on this. And I do, I do uh, think what's what, what's your level? Absolutely. Uh, is, I mean, unless you have a reservation about being candid while we're on air. But uh, uh, what's what's your level of hopefulness that, that, that the voters will produce the verdict we are hoping for? I, I am still optimistic. If I were betting, I'd, I'd still bet on him. But I'm worried about time here and, and people's, you know, uh, sentiments being fixed. Now, even though sentiments being fixed, you heard me raise my voice when I was saying, you know, 71% because they hate Trump. This can be overcome by fear of, you know, a real turn in one's personal economy. Two, uh, things about your children, like not going back to school. Three, personal safety. And I think if people yes. begin to think, man, you know, this country's coming apart. Uh, and and my I'm at risk. My neighborhood's at risk. My kids are at risk. Well, these, these huge crime rate increases yep, yep, in yep. most of the main cities. 
So look at the well, summer. Well, that- also, you, it, when you get right into it, can't Trump run a pretty good campaign in the autumn on the backs of these corrupt, incompetent Democratic so. mayors? I mean, have I you ever so. seen them? I mean, I actually slightly knew the original Mayor Daly, and I certainly knew the second Mayor Daly. And, uh, you know, there was a sleazy machine, but at least they, you know, they ran a tight ship and they ran the city quite well by many criteria. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, New York under Koch and Giuliani and Bloomberg had pretty good mayors. I mean, the, but de Blasio was just shocking. He's so yeah, incompetent. No, and this guy, Garcetti, is just a hypocrite. All right, but take that as an example, just to, to my point. The worst example of this Democratic, you know, uh, rule in the country is New York City. How many votes do you yes. think he's going to turn out for Trump, de Blasio? I, I don't think that many. How many people are going to change their minds? No. Right? Right? No, 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 I agree. I agree. And I, I don't think New York is winnable anyway this year no, for the not. Republicans. Sure, but, the, uh, but I think in the country, you can run against okay. that. That sort of set of sure. people, Lightfoot, sure. who sure. responds to the president, I'll put it in code, it's two words beginning with F and ending with U. I mean, come on, you can't talk to the president yeah. like that. And meanwhile, you, you, you've got a shooting gallery in, in, in yeah. southwest Chicago there. On an ongoing conversation we're having with a, another regular guest, uh, Joel Farkas, who's a, a big yeah. supporter and contributor of the show, uh, Joel points out the response of people in New York is not to shift to Trump, it's to leave New York. Which they're doing in yeah, insane but they, numbers. But they vote elsewhere where their vote may count better. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. But anyway, that's 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 what that's what they're doing. Uh, anyway, if they, if they move to Pennsylvania, they might be key voters. Right. All right. Well, complete. Uh, yeah. What, what does that say? I don't think it says anything about fracking in that unity document either. I don't think it says get rid of fracking. Uh, no, no. But wait a minute. It, it does basically shut down the energy industry. Okay, I mean, well, uh, uh, what uh, I saw now, I admit I'm leaning on Hannity here. Who's a, you know, he, I mean, he's a yeah. foaming at the, he makes us look like completely impartial people. But, and, and, but, uh, Mark, Mark Levin made him look like calm, too, for being sexy. <laughs> yeah, milk toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, Levin thinks that the Democrats are a society, a satanic society yeah, of evil, and yeah, yeah, have yeah. been from Jefferson and Madison on. But, uh, you know, and FDR gave Europe to Stalin. But... Um, he, he's good in some things, but he just goes off the deep end and others. But the, uh, the, 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 the on uh, Hannity was was detailing why, as he read it, uh, the oil industry was finished and you could kiss goodbye to five million jobs because of the commitment to to de-emphasize fossil fuels. I, when you say the green terror isn't there, I agree it's not there the way Ocasio brought it out. But 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 elements of it are there, and then okay. it, it's it's not going to be a, a popular read in Texas or Oklahoma, I don't think. All right. Well, we shall see. Anyway, no, I will. I, I know you support as I support uh, Sean Hannity and Mark Levin. They're both great Americans. No, no, I, I you know, I don't totally. know, but I, I enjoy totally. watching him. But he is what he is, you know. No, no, they're they're both great great Americans, and you uh, are also a great American, though you're not an American, right? <laughs> well, so are you, Bill, and I've thought that all the years I've known you. I don't know if you remember when we met in Palm Beach, where we had some other entertaining evenings down there with John O'Sullivan and a few other people. I do indeed. I do indeed. And I look forward to another one. And again, I'll take you to lunch indoors, outdoors, dinner here the bomb, wherever you want. Yeah, and, and, and I'll not try and eat through a mask. You Good. know things, I, I, <laughs> I you know, know, I'm a British citizen and a member of the British Parliament, and and I buy my clothes in Savile Row, and you know things are getting out of control when I get a letter from Huntsman, a famous tailor over there that I go to, telling me that I, I can have designer masks. Well, well, yeah, you know, there you go. Nonsense. Well, all right. That's that's what. Yeah, that yeah. Well, I'm, I'm collecting these things. Thank you, sir. Okay, thanks, Bill. thanks, Conrad. We'll be in touch. I hope. Uh, yes, sir. Right. We will. Bye. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org. Presentdangerchina.org. You're listening to the Bill Bennett Show. Hey, let's welcome Bob Woodson, Dr. Robert Woodson Sr. to the show, founder and president of the Woodson Center. Thanks so much for doing this. Well, thank you, Bill. I want to talk about two things. I mean, you talk about as many things as you want under these headings, but I want to talk about your 1776 project, compare and contrast to 1619 project. And second, I want you to talk about Martin Luther King compared to 
let's say, the leadership of Black Lives Matter. Let's start with the first. What's the 1776 project and why is it? Why does it exist well, and compare it to 1619 project? Well, Tell the audience. Well, we were really disturbed when the New York Times uh, published the 1619 and gave it such fanfare. Um, and what it does is simply um, distorts. It says that America's founding is 1619, the year when the first 20 African slaves uh, arrived here, not 1776. And what it, uh, the, the basic premise is that because of, of slavery, slavery defined uh, America, and because some of the founders were slave owners, uh, therefore, and they, that was hypocrisy, and therefore, the, the document that they, that they penned, therefore, was invalid. And simply put, they say that because of this, the, the, the birth defect of slavery in America, that America is to be forever cursed and forever defined, and all white people are villains, uh, worthy to be punished, and all black people are victims to be rewarded. And uh, so what we did at, at the Woodson Center, we, we, we gathered a group of black scholars and, and, and others and activists, not to offer a counter debate, but to offer a counter narrative that was aspirational and inspirational that takes apart their proposition. We say, and we, and the, the basic premise of 1619 is that the problems facing black Americans today with out of wedlock births at 70%, black on black crime at all record levels, that somehow that is the shadow of slavery and Jim Crow. Well, we present evidence in our essays to refute that, that 75% of all black families at the end of slavery, according to our scholars, when they looked at the records of six major plantations, 75% of those families had a man and a woman raising children. And that cohesive uh, nuclear family existed, persisted for a hundred years. Um, and also it was our Christian faith that enabled us to confront oppression and slavery and prevail in spite of it. And so what we do is we offer the evidence that the 1930 bill to 1940, when racism was, was the law of the land and unemployment in the black community was 40%, we had the highest marriage rate of any group in society and that elderly people could walk safely in their communities without being fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. So we provide evidence to challenge and refute the proposition advanced by 1619 that America is to be defined by its birth defect. We say America is defined by its promise. And, and, and so we provide evidence, but we also have activists who demonstrate that they have changed and transformed and redeemed their lives as a consequence of, of actually embracing those values and rebuilding and restoring their lives of their communities as a consequence of these values. And finally, they say that capitalism is an evil system. Well, we found 20 uh, blacks who were born slaves who died millionaires. Two of them purchased the plantations in which they were slaves. Really? Really? So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Now, how many people know this? How many people know this history? How many people know this history of the back black families surviving through slavery, Jim Crow, etc.? They don't, and that's why 16, 1776 uh, has been established to uh, to to educate. We, we're going to be developing course curriculums. We're going to be doing videos. Uh, uh, we're going to be doing children's books. We are, this is a David and Goliath fight, Bill. Is it but any, I remember who won that fight. I do. Is it anywhere or any part of this, Bob, in American schools right now? No. Okay. Needs Absolutely to be. not. And it's giving any worse. Oprah is getting ready to do a major motion picture on the 1619 theme. Every school district in 50 states now has a race grievance curriculum that uh, teaches that America is a criminal organization. Uh, it, it, it's really a dangerous time, Bill. It really is a dangerous time. Uh, extraordinary. Would you just mention, because uh, the history you recounted is uh, amazing and, again, little known, very important, very critical for, for people to know. Um, one of the things I often talk about, and you know more about it than I do, is a place in this uh, city uh, we live in called uh, Dunbar High School. Would you yeah. tell the story about Dunbar High School? There are five black high schools in five major cities during the ninth, or turn of the century in, up to 1920, Dunbar, which is one, 
where the average uh, class size was 50. They used used textbooks, and they had a budget that was half those of white schools. Every one of those black schools out-tested every white school in those cities, in Brooklyn, in Atlanta, in New Orleans, and in Washington, D.C. They outperformed. But also, Bill, during the 20 years between 1920 and 1940 in the South, the education gap between whites was like eighth, eighth grade for whites and fifth grade for blacks. But within 20 years, between 1940 and 1920, that gap was closed within six months because Booker T. Washington partnered with um, Rose, Julius Rosenwald, CEO of Sears, and they worked with and built 5,000 Rosenwald Booker T. schools. Half the money came from Rosenwald, but the other half was matched by local uh, blacks pulling their money together, helping to build those schools. And so the question, Bill, is if we could close the education gap between 1920 and 1940, why can't we do it today with blacks controlling most of those urban school systems? Yeah, why can't we? By the way, I'm just curious, do you think you could close it? Uh, uh, today with the, with the best efforts, even with the state of the black family in America? Yes, I do, because there are models around that demonstrate that it can be done. I want there to are add- islands of excellence all over this country, although many of them are modest, that, uh, that have proven that if you, you have high standards, you provide a safe environment that a lot of young adults, uh, we have, for instance, Bill, you remember with Jack Kemp and I, Kimmy Gray and yep. Kenilworth Parkside, yep. a public housing development, they sent 700 kids from public housing onto college and um, virtually eliminating teen pregnancy in that community. So there are models, Bill, um, around uh, where self-determination uh, is the prevailing attitude. And when you provide resources to people, um, and then they, they can accomplish some amazing things. They sure can. Uh, and you, of course, know Mrs. Bennett's work in the schools in the inner city. And one of the interesting things she reports is she said, my my black students in the inner city are much more open to the idea of marriage uh, than uh, than I'm getting in the suburbs in, in Washington. Now those uh, outside of Washington said so those suburban kids will end up getting married, having nuclear families. And a lot of my girls will not. But ninety nine point four percent of them, you know, want to get married uh, and think that's uh, and think that's the way to go. Uh, but who's encouraging them? Who's nurturing that? She had a grant from the federal government, but then the federal government said, stop using the word family to describe a man and a woman and children because it means a whole lot more things than that. I don't have to tell you more about that kind of that kind of mischief. But there's, there's I guess this way of asking a question, is there a receptiveness in the present black community to your ideas? What does the black community believe uh, because all I, all most of us can see uh, is this propaganda stuff coming out from Black Lives Matter. Bill, I can tell you we have 2,500 grassroots leaders in 39 states. Most of them are black. And I'm telling you, it is the gatekeepers that are defining what is in the best interest yeah. of black community yeah. and not those that you see on television. It is not the people in those communities. That's the problem. Is that And so what we're trying to do at 1776 and the Woodson Center is we must give a voice to those that are dissenting in those communities. There were several studies done by the liberal uh, think tank, the Joint Center for Political Economic Studies Bill. Yeah. They did four studies over 12 years, four years apart. When they went into the black community and asked them, what are the priority issues for you? In every one of those studies, race came out only 8%. But if you, if you poll the so-called leadership, race is everything. And so yeah. it, is, it is important to give voice to, to those people, and, and that's what we're trying to do. I, I'm not trying to get this down to a, a vulgar political level, but um, I'm, I'm just curious. One, uh, and th- this, isn't, this isn't vulgar at all, does, is the White House aware of you and your efforts? I know you've been there, but are they, are they supportive and helpful and behind you? Well, yes and and no. I mean, they they haven't been helped. They haven't been hurtful. Uh, but there is. Uh, I I got a little disturbed when the president picked up the phone and called Al Sharpton when they were talking about October thirteen and what could be do could be done. Uh, 
Um, yeah, sure. You know, sometimes what conservatives do is like Walter Williams said, they become guilty of trying to sacrifice old friends to appease old enemies when yeah, it comes to race true. issues. It's a great, great, great way of putting it. Great way of putting it. I mean, this is the, the, the other question is I have seen polls. Uh, my question was, you know, where's the black community today on this? I've seen polls suggesting that a larger part of the black community, particularly black men, are prepared to vote for Donald Trump than a lot of the media would let on. Do you think that's true? I do. I think, well, well, there's an example of a bill that people don't seem to talk about in the Florida race with DeSantis and Gillum. Gillum was uh, supported by Oprah Winfrey and Obama running for the governor uh, governor of Florida. He won by 32,000 votes, and that's because 100,000 low-income blacks voted for DeSantis. Wow. Wow. And that is because of his position on choice and education. There you go. There you go. So, so here you got an example: hundred thousand low-income uh, blacks voted against Oprah and Obama. There you go. Should the president be going into the black community more with you? Yes, but I, I think they've got to do more than just go into the black community. I just think I've tried to advocate for a long time that they need to support people. He has done it uh, with my one of our programs. In Las Vegas, Nevada, Hope for Prisoners, where the president actually went to one of their graduation of people coming out of prison. And, and it was well thought. The fact that the president called the father of the man, who the young man who was killed in Seattle, and uh, the father talked about how important it was for him to have received that call. So I just think that um, when he does reach out, uh, in a sympathetic way, it is well received. Good, good, good. I just and you are saying. I, I just want to put a put a put a put a, a dot on this across this T. You are saying the black community is open to this message. It isn't all what we see in the talking heads on TV. Is it more inclined towards seventy six or more inclined to sixteen nineteen? They're more inclined to 1776 okay. because it's their children dying in these killing yeah. fields. Yeah. And they know, and they are a sleeping giant, Bill. They're going to wake up and find that they're being hustled and scammed and that, the, that, that they're going to begin to ask the question, why for the last 60 years, when our cities have been controlled by liberal Democrats, why do we have all these inequities in there right. when the promise of the civil rights movement was that if you put people of color, black people, in positions of running these governments, then conditions will improve. Yeah. yeah. When will that moment be? <laughs> yeah. Lord knows. I had a chance to debate one of the leaders of Black Lives Matter, and I asked him that. I said, well, then, if race were the culprit, why are black kids failing in systems run by their own people for 50 years? And then he said, well, because they're controlled by white people. So I said, oh, then you embrace white supremacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the whole distortion of, you know, the whole police discussion, uh, obviously, you know, no one, no one's, no one supports what happened to George Floyd, everyone condemns it. But, you know, the problem of life and death in the black community is not by any stretch primarily or even significantly a police problem, correct? No, there are 14 blacks who are killed by unarmed blacks by white. For every one killed, there are 270 blacks who killed one another. Say that again. For every one black person shot and killed by an unarmed black person killed by the police, there are 270 blacks who killed one another. One versus 270. Yes. Wow. I want to write that down right now. Um, let's let's shift. If, if if you got a few more minutes, this is wonderful stuff, sure. Bob Woodson. Wonderful. Um, by the way, let's let's people want to support you. Find out more. Where do they go? What do they do? They can go to seventeen seventy six unites with an s dot com. Seventeen seventy six unites unites with an s dot com Seventeen seventy six unites with an s dot com. Bob. Yeah. Um, it is interesting in all this uh, uh, so-called race, race consciousness and systemic racism uh, acceptance, uh, you know, by so many people that um, one figure does not get invoked very often by most of the talking heads on TV, and that's Martin Luther King Jr. How come? Well, because Martin Luther King loved this country, and Martin Luther King said that the only way that a minority can survive and thrive in a majority country is to hold America to his promise, to demand moral consistency, 
And Dr. King said that we should be judged by the content of our character, not the content of our, not the color of our skin, but the content of our character, that we should not be looking at each other through an intersectional lens, but we should be looking at ourselves as Americans. And you notice he wasn't barely mentioned in the 1619, nor was Frederick Douglass. Really? No, and, and the whole Civil War was not addressed. And uh, the other thing, too, Bill, they never mentioned the word Democratic Party as being the sponsor of racism in the Klan. They never mentioned it. They talk about Dixiecrats, but they never associate the Democratic Party with racism in that whole 1619 report. Well, you know, beginning the Civil War and following the Civil War for 100 years, if you were uh, a black man or woman in America, uh, you had a better shot working with the Republican Party, Lincoln's Party, than the Democrat Party, correct? Yep, but, yep, but they don't mention that. Yeah, that and doesn't come up. It's interesting when they're tearing down Confederate symbols. I wonder why they don't tear down the Democratic sign, then, because that symbol, more than anything else, uh, symbolized the Klan and racial discrimination. Yeah. King and King, I mean, King made enormous difference to this country, right? Enormous. He really did. He he really, in his life, uh, exhibited grace in action. He he really was a patriot, and he was holding America to his promise. Um, he he wasn't seeking revenge or reparations. What's the attitude toward King of these guys? Do they hate him or just ignore him? Well, they, they really are leftist, Bill. They, they really, they really um, uh, despise King because he embraced uh, fundamental American principles. And so, he's, and so anybody who talks about patriotism, love for the country, fidelity to its principles, they are despised. You know that Frederick Douglass' statue was torn down in Rochester, New York. I do. Well, I wonder when they're going to come after King. I was just going to ask you that. They're really exploiting the black community and, and using its moral authority and, 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 and employing it for immoral means. Do you think that will happen? Could happen? Take down the yeah, statue Yeah, it could happen. I, I, I just think it, and I'm going to be making more public statements about where is this black caucus? Where is the civil rights organization in defense of Frederick Douglass? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Well, God bless you, Bob Woodson. God bless you for who you are, what you're doing. 1776 Project. Uh, give us the address again. Yes, 1776unites.com. 1776unites.com. Keep it coming. Uh, and I uh, hope that moment is not far off. And if it does come about, you will deserve a lion's share of the credit. We thank you, Robert. Thank you very much. Thank sir. you, Bill. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. I'm not sure we got time for emails today. It's a tight show today. Tight show because there's so much going on. Right, but we'll, we'll, get, to we'll get to them. Because, so write us. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Others are. We're catching up to uh, big numbers now. Uh, and we will catch up with you next week.